Hello, and welcome to the people behind your food. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, and I'm here with my very good friend, Bryn from At Storybook Tales. She is quite famous in the world these days. Uh, she's almost as famous as I am. I mean, you know, she may have three times as many followers as I do, but I'm still better known. <laughs> Is that notorious? Is that really what? the word? You know, notorious? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, so let's just start with, uh, you know, I, like I always like to do, we're going to start with the getting to know you part of the interview. You know, who are you? What, what do you, what do you want to do? And, uh, you know, what kind of person are you? So, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things you do and is you work in the restaurant industry, right? Yes. Okay. So that's how you pay your bills, I assume. Yes. Mostly, kind of, Mostly. something. Me and my husband. My <laughs> husband does not work in the restaurant industry. I think he would die of a heart attack or stress if he tried to work in the restaurant <laughs> industry. We had to do a volunteer thing where we um, were, we were just helping out at a small restaurant sure. in our small town where we went to college. And I walk in for my shift and I'm going to eat beforehand because literally all we had to do was get stuff off tables and take food to tables and wipe things down. That was about it. And he's just standing there like... <sighs> I'm just like, I go, just leave, just go. <laughs> Which one's table 14? It's the first row, the fourth table. Unless it's a different restaurant, and then it's the second row, the fourth well, they table. they have numbers on the table. Oh, tables. that's even better. So, like, but he was just like, I don't like this. I was just like, go, 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 go. I seem like I'm on the spot here. I, this is too much pressure. I'm going to so have to go. He works behind the scenes. Okay, yeah, okay. So, uh, so you also, so you work in the restaurant industry and then you also do cosplay, which yes. is super awesome. So let's get to know you and what kind of person you are here on the people behind your food. I really wish I had some exciting action music. Da, 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 da. Like the animation where they Yeah. And maybe like a spinny graphic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to shoot you some rapid fire questions. So what is your favorite Disney character? Merida. Okay. What is your favorite movie of all time? Brave. Okay. What is your favorite anime you've ever seen? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay. Your favorite music could be style or group? Show tunes or Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Both of which are very acceptable answers mm-hmm. around here. Uh, okay. Are you a cash person or are you a card person? Um, well, before I was a manager, it was mostly cash, but that was because I wasn't married. <laughs> so I just carried cash on me. Um, but now it's card because of like rewards and stuff. Like sure. I just got a Disney credit card, so because I'm going to Disney in December, so I figured I might as well take advantage of that. So now it's now it's a card thing. I gotta get the points. I gotta get the exactly, points. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's worth it. <laughs> so, you, so your favorite ice cream? What is that? Coconut Joy. Okay. What's your favorite food? Crab legs. Crab legs. Dogs or cats? Both. Oh, dogs and cats. Like, yes. a, what about a cat dog mixture? Would that no. be the dream? <laughs> one of each okay and then uh where'd you grow up in the world st louis st louis missouri usa yep okay not st louis missouri france (laughs) (laughs) what st louis missouri florida yeah st louis missouri florida (laughs) right okay so i think we've gotten a really good idea of who you are as a person like your your base personality uh so you're a cosplayer tell me about your life as a cosplayer what how did you even tell me what that's like um well, so I always wanted to um, be a princess at Disney World. Mm-hmm. I'm one inch too tall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I had done a college internship at Disney World, and then I came back and I was like, fine, you know what, fine, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to just 
do it do it myself. And so I bought an Elsa costume, like a cheap Elsa <laughs> costume. Sure. And I went to the children's hospital and started visiting children as Elsa. And that's what I did for a really long time. And then um, the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to dress up as Belle and go visit, uh, go watch the movie dressed as Belle. And so I did that. And then I was kind of like dormant for a while. And then I kind of started getting back into it because I realized that I really liked it. And I was like, yeah. okay, no, yeah, I, I really want to keep doing this. And so then it kind of like started snowballing in... 2018, and that's when I really, like, got into cosplay. Okay. And now I have a bunch more costumes and plans. Way too many plans. Just too many, too many cosplans. I like plans. Um, <laughs> let me touch on something here that you hit that's really piqued my curiosity. You are too tall to be a princess. Is that, like, I didn't realize there's a role like a fighter jet. You know, like, someone who flies <laughs> fighter jets, you have to be between, between like, five foot six and five foot ten. Like My husband's too tall to be that. That's what he wanted to do. Oh, he wanted to be a fighter? Yeah. <laughs> A life of disappointment. Yeah. This is what we're finding on our investigative <laughs> and he journalism has here. Terrible eyesight, so that. Doesn't oh yeah, help. that doesn't help. Yeah. I want to be a fire pilot. I'm just the right size. I'm a little too fat. <laughs> oh, and I got bad eyes too. <laughs> so you got into cosplay because you wanted to be a princess. Now uh, I was always told growing up that every girl is a princess, and you should treat them like that. Yes. Is, do, is that something that you believe as well? I mean, they have the potential to be. <laughs> Is there, but, like, etiquette lessons? Like, no, how do you... I just mean, like, some people don't act like it. Sure. Like, they're mean. Oh, they're mean. Okay. So <laughs> you can't be mean very... and be a princess. But, right. If you're going to be a Disney princess, if you watch all the Disney princess movies, sure. they're kind and encouraging, and they're not mean, and they're not the stepsisters. Sure. They're Cinderella, not the stepsisters. <laughs> I mean... By the way... Let's talk about that for a second. Did you ever notice that, like, okay, so you're, you see the stepsisters as a kid, and then everyone's getting divorced, and all you could think about, like, as I could think, of, oh, my God, I'm going to get a stepsister, and she's going to be evil. <laughs> like, well, there's never this thought that, like, oh, I'd have a stepsister, and she'd be good. Like, right. is that a, something you went through? Well, like, I, not really, <laughs> because I was just one of those people who were like, no, my mom and dad love each other. They're never going to get divorced. Just, like, sure. that mentality. Like, yeah. So, like, and I I had a really nice childhood. I never really had to worry about that. Sure, they got into fights, but, like, they were fine the next day. That's... They made up, so it wasn't a worry that they were ever going to get divorced because they always worked through their problems. So. That seemed, that probably explains why you're so much more well-balanced and confident than I am <laughs> Plus, in your personality. I have three younger siblings, oh, so well, I kind of had okay. to be a mom. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> So, um, so you got in, so we kind of touched on the next question, which was, of course, how, what inspired you to do cosplay? It was because you were oppressed. I was too tall. You were too tall. Too tall. The height oppression. And yes. so then you started doing it. And so you said that you do, do the dress up for the kids, uh, at the yeah. hospitals. Um, so I started that back in like 2016. I started going and visiting mm-hmm. hospital, uh, the hospital is Elsa. And then, um, I've been doing that for a while. And then, Back in February of 2018, I uh, joined a group called the Gateway Guardians, Mm -hmm. and they are a group who dresses up as superheroes and princesses and goes to different charity events. And I met them because one of their members works with my dad, and uh, she and my mom were talking about it at a Christmas party, and I got invited into the group. And it's really expanded um, my arsenal because, like, you... I used to just, like, I only had Disney princesses. That's all I had. Um, But then they, I needed a superhero. So I 
put together a superhero costume for them. So now I have a Supergirl costume. And then I wanted to do something else, so I have Ray now. And then once I started getting cosplay friends, that started growing as well. So now I have just a big variety. And it was it was like a nice like segue into getting more, like doing anime stuff and um, TV show and movie stuff rather than just Disney princesses. So being able to network was really important for you and your cosplay because it not only built it sounds to me like it not only built your ability to do stuff by talking to people but networking also helped build your confidence it almost sounds like well it was more i just didn't want to cosplay anything else other than disney because i was like i wanted to be a disney princess so i might as well get all these disney princess outfits sure. but then i started meeting people and started they start they kind of like opened my eyes to mm-hmm. oh you can literally cosplay anything yeah and i was like oh i can cosplay anything i mean i've seen so, like you know big hairy dudes doing sailor men so yeah i mean it's you a little can, mildly disturbing like, but i have done I have recently done two male cosplays and I'm actually in a group where I'm a male in the group. Mm-hmm. So like it's 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 cool to like Yeah. And then you get to experiment with makeup and stuff like that. So I've gotten really good like just in the past year I've gotten a lot better at makeup and like contouring. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what contouring was. Like cuz I was just like, "Oh, you put the foundation and the blush on and you're done." <laughs> like now, now I do my eyebrows, now I can contour. Like yeah. so it's it's Interesting, like just opening my eyes and you can change your face shape with contour, which sure. is really cool. Like I can make myself look like I have a rounded face. Right. Or I have really elongated cheekbones. Yeah. Or I look like a dude. Like right. so it's it's really interesting finding like just discovering all these things where you can like recently I just got my first um body paint set mm-hmm. and I painted my face and neck pink mm-hmm. because I wanted to do it for a character, so why sure. not? So it's just it's fun to like explore with that. So do you have any kind of a background in, like, theater or production or anything Um, like that? My entire family are actors and singers. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was the only one who wasn't. Sure. I wanted to be, but I was really focused on softball. I played competitively for 18 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew I wasn't going to play after college. So recently I've started getting into acting, and I've been taking singing lessons. And I was in a play back in a musical back in November, and so I've been getting more into that recently. So That's cool. Because it seems to me that the cosplay stuff really lends itself. I, I always meet people, and a lot of them you know, do it because of it builds their confidence when they're the character. Like people who may not actually have like a lot of confidence as a person naturally. But they'll do a character, and then all of a sudden they get that interaction that helps build their confidence, which is what I think is so cool about it. But So I always wonder, you know, like, well, I would think someone who was in drama or in production or backstage or props be like oh yeah this would be something that i should totally do so what are some positive things that cosplaying has brought to your life um well i've met a lot of new people sure through cosplay um i've met really good friends who i feel like i've known for a ridiculous to ridiculously long time but i've only known them since march of last year Mm -hmm. um and it's really nice because I've like never really had friends to do cosplay with. That's why I really didn't do anything throughout 2017 because I didn't have anybody to do cosplay with. I was sure it was just me going out and taking pictures as a princess, and that was about it. But like I've met friends. Um, I just trying new things, as I said, like exploring with makeup and costumes and stuff like that, and getting back into sewing. And I've met the Gateway Guardians because of the cosplay. So like. Just being able to meet a lot of new people because I'm an extremely extroverted person. Yeah. And um, 
I like meeting new people. So <laughs> it's really easy for me to meet new people. Is that something that extroverts like is talking <laughs> to other human beings? Is that I don't know anything about that. I mean, this Tuesday night podcast is really just an excuse for me to talk to people. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it come to my home. Talk to me. You know, <laughs> I want to tell your story. I mean, it's very important to tell right. this story. Come talk to me. Um, <laughs> So uh, let's talk about let's talk about something technical. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the different platforms. Because uh, okay, so a little background for the for the viewers: we met each other actually at Wizard World St. Louis Comic Con yes. or Wizard World Comic Con STL um, last year, right. actually, which is funny. You said you really started getting into it right. in 2018 because that's when I met you. Yes. Um, so we were talking recently about the different platforms. Obviously, I'm I really use Instagram. That's really good for what I do. But you've been using other platforms like TikTok. You said yes. and you said so so. Talk about your different platforms you're on and tell me the pros and cons of all of them. Um, well, I mean, I have a Facebook page, but that was What's more... That? <laughs> that was more just to be like, okay, this is mine. No one can take this name. Sure. I don't really go on Facebook a lot. I um, don't know. I don't even use yeah. Facebook, like, at all. Um, and then I got on Instagram and I I started growing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've had it since since March of 2017, when I was doing, when I started my cosplay with the Bell stuff, um, I've had it since 2017, and it's grown. I mean, I now have 600 something followers, mm-hmm. but I just stuff with the algorithm kind of messed up, and I kind of got like bored of it because it's just it's just pictures, and I don't right. always have money to go out and do photo shoots. Right. And sometimes it's hard to find someone to take pictures with you, mm-hmm. like if you just want to do it on a phone. Um, so then I had always heard of like musically and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, kind of looks interesting, but it's like more just lip syncing. And, but, uh, then it turned into TikTok, and it, um, it started growing where, where it wasn't just lip syncing, like moving the camera funny and like doing weird transitions and stuff, but it was actually like acting through there. And so I, I got it back in, I think July is when I got it. And I was like, okay, I'll try this out. Like, started growing. But then as I started getting into acting and stuff like that, I realized this is a really good way to practice mm-hmm. with, like, facial expressions and getting into character and everything like that. Because as an actress, like, taking a picture, taking a still photo, that's nice. But, and, like, yeah, you work really hard on getting the still photo perfect. But when you're doing a TikTok, like, it's 15 seconds and you have to... It's kind of like Vine where you it's like you have to have really interesting content in these mm-hmm. six seconds or people are just going to swipe past you and right. not pay attention. But you got to like have creative ideas and do something that someone else hasn't done before and show them that you can actually act through the emotions. And and so it's a lip syncing app and you think it'd be really easy because you can redo it as many times as you want. There yeah. are so many people who are off <laughs> with their words. I'm not even joking. Like the, the thing will be going and they'll be like a minute behind yeah. or like. Uh, people will like, like the sound will go and they'll be like, hum, hum, hum. and you're like, how you can delete and redo. How do you not get this? Like, I don't understand. There are songs that I've never heard of before. And I just listen to it over and over sure. and over. Like I never knew the Fergalicious rap part where, uh, like the rap part of Fergalicious. Sure. Now I do because I did it for a lip sync act. So I lifted, uh, did it over and over and over again. Yeah. And now I know how to do it. Like, it's not very hard, but it's, it's, obvious the people who put effort into their stuff Mm -hmm. and they do get rewarded on tiktok because tiktok has a little bit of a better algorithm Mm -hmm. uh where even if you're 
like don't have very many followers, you can still show up on someone's page because it has a tag that they liked. Sure. So it's not like, oh, more than 10% of your people have liked your thing, so we're going to show it to everyone now. Right. It's like you can actually see everyone's stuff. Uh, so let's talk about your experiences in the restaurant business. So, okay, so what have you done in the restaurant business? Tell, tell our, <laughs> our millions of adoring fans out there. Oh, well, a little bit of everything. Okay. I've done family-owned restaurants. I've done corporate restaurants. I've done franchises. I've done pizza service, full service, quick service. Like, I've done a little Sideways bit of Sideways service, upside-down service. I've done uh, concession stands. I think the only thing I haven't done is worked in a fast food restaurant. Hmm. It's the only thing I have. I've done. never done a concession stand, but I have worked in a fast food restaurant, so go. I think we're all on the same page there. <laughs> so, uh, what are you doing these days? Um, I am a server at a family-owned franchise, okay. so they have the rights to the name, mm-hmm. but the two stores here in St. Louis are family-owned. Okay. Um, so he gets to decide what's on the menu, where we buy from, what we like, what we're spending, okay. what our bot, like what our specialties are, because. There'll be some places like another place in the country where it's like they're like, say there's a store in Wisconsin. They're Mm going to like promo something from Wisconsin, like cheese or something. Sure. They're going to cater. So, so they have regional specialties. So, but we do seasonal flavors. So like, like during fall there's pumpkin like so mm. and then we do like different seasons. is this something flavors. people do in the fall? i know right <laughs> pumpkin spice is that a thing but like we like to support local businesses so the coffee we just switched to is a local company sure a local family-owned company and we try and get our fruit from local family-owned companies as well hmm. um but yeah it's a breakfast restaurant and we make everything from scratch the pa- uh the pancakes the syrups like everything is made from scratch. That's and awesome. We're very people get very confused when I say no. I cannot warm up your coffee in the coffee in the microwave. We don't have a microwave. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, we make everything by hand. From I can scratch. pour you fresh coffee, yes. <laughs> but I cannot warm up this pre-established yes, cup. I can get you a new cup, but I cannot cannot. Have you had anyone ask you to put it in a saute pan and heat it back up? No. no. That's what I would do. But of course, I would just get fresh coffee. But, you know. Um, Okay, so you're working at this family-owned restaurant that's a franchise of a larger national company, but you guys are more like a small business. That's actually really cool. That's a nice hybrid model. I like that. So how long would you say you've been working in the restaurant business? Um... Eight years now. Since I could have started working, I've worked in the restaurant industry. So what got you involved in restaurants? Well, um... I was eating out. My family always went out to lunch on Sunday after um, after church, and we um, were at this restaurant. And I spilled my water, and I felt bad, so I started cleaning it up immediately. And they were like, "Do you want an application?" I'm like, "Yes, please." <laughs> so I have then, the aptitude. Yeah, I was like, "Yes, I do." And um, they, that's how I got my first restaurant job. <laughs> You know, I've hired a lot of people, and that is probably the best way that you could ever hire somebody. Yeah. Is like, look, they're doing the job already. I know. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like cleaning up my eyes and putting it away. Because like I was, I was taught like you make a mess, you clean it up. Like you don't just leave it for someone else to clean up. Yeah. But so I was cleaning up my mess, and they're like, do you want? Because it was also a family-owned sure. restaurant. They don't exist anymore, unfortunately. What's but, what's a family-owned restaurant? I know. Right? Is that a thing? <laughs> So, so you've been working there. So, so what do you, so you were telling me earlier, you're, 
You used to be a restaurant manager, yes. so you used to be a front of house manager, and now you're back to serving. Yes. So let's explore that, because someone who's never worked in the restaurant industry may see that as a as a step back in a career. Um, why'd you make that decision? Well, um, I majored in business management. That's okay. what I went to college for. And I've always loved the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. so I figured that's what I want to go into. And so I went back to the restaurant I was working at and it was a corporate restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had, I had moved my way up from busser to server by then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be a manager. How do I become a manager? And they were like, okay, well, I want you to learn all these things first. So then I learned, learned bartending. I learned, um, expediting. And then I was an assistant manager and then I got booted up to salary manager mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. It just, it was really stressful, especially as a, um, as a corporate manager, because mm-hmm. there wasn't really any place to move up unless I wanted to go to corporate in a different state. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck at this salary manager position where I felt like I was only ever getting complaints. Nothing I ever did was good enough. I was super stressed. I was working late nights, long days, like, and so it was, it was really hard and I was rather young and I felt like I was kind of falling into a depression and like, cause nothing that I used to do, I didn't want to do anything. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would lay in bed cause I would get home late. I would fall asleep. I would wake up, lay in bed until I had to get ready and go to work. And my husband and I were also on opposite schedules. Like mm-hmm. he would work nine to five. I would work three to 1am. So he'd be asleep by the time I got home. He'd be gone by the time I woke up and it just kept going. There was like a week, there was multiple week and a half, like periods where I didn't see him awake because your beautiful yeah. sleeping face. <laughs> like, I was just like, Oh, you're asleep. I'm exhausted. Time to go to bed. Like, <laughs> so it was really hard, especially yeah. since we were newly married and we're still young. So since I'm, I was so young, I wanted to get out of that and I had always loved serving. That's what made me want to be a restaurant manager. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'm going to go back to serving Cause this is why I loved this so much and I get to interact with the people and I get to have the positive interactions and serving is what made me fall in love with the restaurant industry. So I'm going to go back to serving at a non-corporate restaurant. Sure. So that really helped then, um, just going back to that and getting back to the roots of why I loved this thing. That's actually incredibly <laughs> insightful. Like I don't think I don't think anyone could have put that more eloquently. It really is. I mean, I've had to explain this multiple times. Oh, Can you oh, tell? Oh, <laughs> why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Um, okay, so you're a server now, and mm-hmm. so you left being a manager because you thought it was where you wanted to go, but you found out that's not where you yes. belong. You know, people. I, that's not just unique to the restaurant industry. I find that people who are nurses, right who move into like clinical research, they miss that personal touch as well. Some people are just people people, right. which is a weird thing to say. You're just a people people or well, a people I mean, that's person. what I get. Like introverts get their energy from being alone right. and then they get drained when being around people. Right. I get my energy from being around other people. That's like I hate too. going places by myself. When I was in college, I'd be like, Hey, do you want to go to the store with me? Like I just, I hate going places yeah. by myself. Like if I can have, if I have a day off, I'm going to ask one of my friends to come over because I want to be with someone. Yeah. My husband's probably working. So I, I need some sort of human interaction. That's, that's the same way that I am. I'm very extroverted. Um, and 
I, my dad used to complain because I would always have friends <laughs> with me all the time. And I didn't realize that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'm popular. So people <laughs> just like me and they want to be around me. But I, but like you said, I'm the same way. I don't like to be left alone for long periods of time. Uh, if Jesse goes off to work and I've been left alone for longer than like three hours, I think is my maximum. I'll be like, when are you coming home? When are you coming home? Where's the dog? Okay, I got a clingy dog, so the dog, I just put him on my lap. I'm like, I'm okay now. <laughs> well, like, I can, I can, like, distract myself with, like, video games or getting into something that I'm doing. Or if, I, if I'm, like, planning something, I can get into that and it'll mm-hmm. distract me. But otherwise, I'm just like, I have nothing to do. And I'll just lay in bed all day because I'm like, I don't want to get up and be by myself all day. And my dog is cuddling with me. Sure. <laughs> and then you're getting that, that, that interaction you needed. So um, tell me the unique challenges of being a server. And I'm sure that this could be it's an entire like three-part yeah. <laughs> episode. The expose of the people behind your food and what a server does. But tell me the, the unique challenges of your position. Um dealing with people i know i said i'm a people person but it's dealing with people like so the place that i work now i'm the places that i have worked that where i've been in the full service Mm -hmm. position have been lots of people like tons of people people usually don't have set schedules people are randomly in and out Mm -hmm. like we if they need to go on a week vacation they can because we have someone to work for them basically like i'm used to having like 30 plus servers Mm -hmm. then the kitchen staff as well right but in this restaurant there's only like about 30 ish people total it's a small restaurant yeah so you can't really ask for weekends off because weekends are the most popular days because it's a breakfast place and we close at 2 30 every day like so sundays breakfast yeah people are gonna be there right the only excuse is the super bowl where we die where we got really busy in the morning and then died at noon because no one was going out they were all planning the super bowl parties they were all at walmart yeah i know because (laughs) i was there and they were all there too (laughs) but um so but like just so having a small staff can be amazing Mm -hmm. but having a small staff can also be hard because when the newest person you have is three years has been working there for three years people get comfortable people get spoiled people get like set in their ways and then a new person comes in they're like oh i'm gonna do this and it's just like oh no 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 so like people people get and some people get touchy about that like i'm like okay you do it that way that's fine i do it this way whatever like if it's my turn to vacuum the floor i'm gonna vacuum the floor how i do it like i do it very methodically where i vacuum the rugs and then i go up the floor this way and then i go around and i go down this way like but some people just go up there and just start vacuuming randomly sure. and i'm just like what are you okay like my ocd is <laughs> going crazy but i'm not going to stop them because that's how they vacuum right like but there are some people who aren't like that and they're like no you're doing it wrong you have to fix this right so um like it's and it's helpful with people who have worked there a long time and you have a lot of regulars and it's great but some people can be a little touchy and then there's the opposite side where you have to deal with the guests because when there are a lot of regulars, they're touchy as well. Or if you have new guests who don't really know how mm-hmm. to tip or behave in a restaurant, like there are some people who think I'm your personal slave when I'm your server. It's like, no, I have seven tables to take care of. You are one of my seven tables. You have to give me a minute. Like, but some people will think you're, I've been snapped at before. I've been waved down. I've been, Excuse me, I've been 
there was a there was a gentleman who grabbed my elbow and dug his fingers into my bone because I didn't get have his eggs right. He was like, "Excuse me, where are my eggs?" And I was like, "I'm about to smack an old man." Can <laughs> we explore this for a second? What is with first off, eggs are disgusting. All right, let me just say that out loud to everybody. <laughs> Everyone needs to know that eggs are the grossest thing. They come out of a chicken's butt. It's not even a food. It's I mean, a single but have cell. You seen where milk comes from? Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I grew. I when you're a baby, you literally suckle on the same thing. Right? This just comes out of a cow. All right. Eggs are disgusting in every possible way. Right? And then we do the most ridiculous things with them. We can prepare your eggs 50 ways. You don't give people that amount of like control or selection. Have you been to the Cheesecake Factory? Have you seen oh, their menu? I, yeah, yeah. It is 90 like, pages. I get an anxiety attack just looking at the so menu. I'm like, oh, oh, salad. Okay, there. Pick, pick, <laughs> pick your 10 best items in each category, and that's it. You right. know, like, but like we have a lot of food on our that? menu. But. I'm sorry. I would like my eggs over easy. No, I'd like them sunny side up. No, I want them over medium. I asked for my eggs over medium. Can anyone really tell the difference between over easy, over medium, and okay, I can see over hard or like right. fried, but like really, can really anybody tell the difference between over medium and over easy? The only difference is the whites are done and the yellow isn't. Sure, and I and I know that. And over easy is I've had to cook a lot of eggs. Right. Over I know easy this. is sunny side up, just flipped over. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that pretty much seals the whole thing yeah. in together. Then but you're like, good. But what is with no, our obsession like, with this? Like there's this one item that comes with it's it's a kid's plate, but we let older people eat it because they can't eat very much. Sure. So it comes with pancakes, a scrambled egg, and bacon. And you can change that. Like we're we're happy to make the egg a different way. Sure. But this old man was not even talking to me, basically. His his daughter ordered for him and didn't say he wanted his eggs poached. for He wanted three-minute poached. Again, this is, yeah. Why are we giving people so these options? I was putting everything down, and I was literally putting down the plate, and he grabs my elbow like this, so I can't get away. And he goes, honey, where are my poached eggs? And I, like, I almost lost my job that day because I was about to smack an old man. Like... <laughs> I'm going to knock your dentures across the room. I was about, and I went, I can get those for you. <laughs> and like, I just, but some people think they can treat you like that. Like, they I'm sorry, don't but understand. like, if you grab my elbow, I'm taking my shirt off and we're going heads up. Yeah, I'm like, like, what you want? What you want, dog? You want to go? We'll what? bang. You want to go? The only reason nothing happened is because... When I was opening that morning, I had slammed my thumb in the lemon slicer. And what happens, the, this is when I found this out. But when I hit nerves really hard, my mind kind of needs to reset. Sure. And I pass out. <laughs> it has happened four or five times in my life. So I slammed this, this it's stone, and you bring it down like this. And I've played softball for 18 years. I'm rather strong. So I slammed it down on my thumb. And passed out and was a little woozy all day. And that's the only reason I didn't react so immediately. Because nice... immediately I would have, like, backhanded him because he grabbed my elbow. And you don't <laughs> grab someone without permission. That is extremely rude. You had, like, a nice, like, pain hump high going on. You're like, right. oh, yeah. I was yeah. mainly like, I don't know what's happening. Where right am now. I? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So that's the only reason I was able to control myself. <laughs> so That is... That is, uh, but like I said, this egg thing is insane. Like, yeah, you don't, like, okay, you don't get it. You get, what, five options on a steak? A steak is one of the most expensive things on your menu, and we give you five options. Rare, medium rare, medium, medium well, and well done. And if you order it well done, I'm kicking you out. Yeah. We all know this, right? We all know this, but like, poached. 
light. There, there's, there's. You want, you want me to go over them sure. for you? Because these are the options we have. Okay. We have over easy, over medium, over medium well, over hard, scrambled soft, scrambled, scrambled hard, poached soft, poached, poached hard, basted, and sunny side up. That was 13 egg options. <laughs> and then omelets. You guys have omelets? Yes. 14 egg options plus all the deviations within an, Our within an omelet. Our omelets are made with four to five eggs each. Sure. And they're about this big. So everybody on the podcast knows they're about... They're like a pillow. They're yeah, like a they're like a pillow. pillow. Yeah, I was just about to say. They're just, yeah. just big enough to strangle somebody and with. And people, people will be like, wow. And I, this is what I say to people, and they think it's hilarious. I go, yeah, so if you go into a food coma while you're eating, yeah. you can have something to lay in it. Because it also comes with three pancakes on the side. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if you go to this restaurant, you will not leave hungry. You will probably have extra. And if you do leave hungry, it's your own fault. Right. That is insanity. <laughs> we give you plenty of food, especially for the price, and especially since we make everything from scratch and everything's fresh and everything is like as local as possible. So I think we've covered all the getting to know you, the basics of your your experience as a server. So let's dive deep, <laughs> deep down deep. in the investigative journalism that is the people behind your food. I'm telling you, da 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 da. Um, so and then you gotta have the da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> shows up. <laughs> Coming up new next, the news at nine. Chef Ryan investigates what does a server actually do. Uh, so yeah, like, what do you like dirty jobs? Yeah, dirty jobs. <laughs> Where was Mike Rowe on this? Right. Yeah. That's actually the whole purpose behind this this entire podcast is I really looked at what Mike Rowe does and I go we ha I I represent an industry of dirty jobs. Let's discuss why what everybody does in the restaurant industry is important and why civilization would collapse the without us. The closest we get to that is uh, Undercover Boss. Oh, the right. closest we yeah, get we to. Yeah, Undercover Boss, where the guy who's never worked in a restaurant <laughs> yeah. before has to go make eggs. You call this a basted egg? This yeah. is sunny side up and you know it! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what are your okay? So we talked about the challenges, but what do you actually do as a server? Like, okay. obviously, everyone knows that you bring food and you fill coffee. Yes. But what do you do besides that? So, um, as a server, each of us is assigned a side work. So we are. Um, it's something on the line that you are in charge of. Mm -hmm. Whether it gets low, you fill it. If you have to get some more stock from the back, you do that. And you also have to run food because. If no server is running food, no one's going to get their food. Everyone's just going to sit there and be like, I ordered an hour ago. What's sure. happening? Yeah. Um, but so we do that. And then not only do we have to take care of our tables, we have to manage their money. We have to make sure we have enough money at the end of the shift. So basic math. Sure. Uh, you have to you have to be a people person at mm -hmm. the table. So you can't just go up and be like, what can I get you to drink? Are you ready to order? Okay, bye. Like, you have to like... So engage with them. How important is that customer service aspect? Extremely. Because so, if you don't have customer service, you're not going to have returning customers <laughs> and your business is going to go out of business. So you'd say you're important because you're the face of the business, really? Well, everyone's the face of the business. Like, oh, no, no, no. Chefs are not well, the face of the no, business. No, not the chefs. I, everyone in the front of house is the <laughs> we face. We don't want to even be looked at. Everyone in the front of house is the face of the business. So as soon as you walk in, you meet the host. And if the host does not have a good personality or right. is not smiling or is not in a good mood you're immediately starting off bad then you get seated and you got your server and if we're not there within a f like a few seconds i think the last restaurant i worked at was 30 seconds and this one it's like as fast as you can basically mm -hmm. um 
then we, if you're not greeted soon, then you're going to have an issue. If the manager's walking around, the manager is the face and like, you want to be able to talk to them. And if they're not friendly, then you're not going to like, and enjoy interacting with them. And then there's the busters as well, who will sometimes pre-bus your table. So if they're not like happy or they're not like interactive, you're not like it. People don't understand how much interaction like actually like makes your food, makes sure. your experience better. Cause like if I go to a restaurant and I have an amazing, the the best food I've ever had in my life, but my server was awful and like didn't smile at me and barely talk to me, barely listen to me, didn't really come to my table at all. I, I'm not going to go back. I didn't have a good experience. Right. So, so, so as a server, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You're, so you're not just what's your, what do you want to eat? I'm going to bring that to you. Let me fill your drink, right? You're, right. you're guiding the people through the selection process. Right. Like if they haven't been there before, I go through the entire menu with them. I call it at the end. I tell them, well, now that I've read you the breakfast Bible, cause it's like, sure. we do have a large menu. Like it's not cheesecake factory large, but it's a lot of options. Cause we have a bunch of different types of pancake flavors. We have our specialty pancakes, which are oven baked pancakes. We have omelets, egg, like the combinations, French toast, crepes. Well, so we have a lot of options. So it's a lot of food. So I will go over everything with you. Like I'll go over the entire menu with you. I'll answer all of your questions. I'm also thinking about what I need to get for my three other tables while I'm at your table. And I make four different stops as I'm coming back. So like you have to be a really good multitasker or sure. you're not going to survive, especially in this restaurant. Cause you also have to go back and make sure you're doing all of your side work back there. Cause on Sundays and Saturdays, things run out really fast. Like if the syrups are not in the warmer, like say it's full five minutes later, it's going to be empty and you have to fill it back up again while you have three other tables that you're dealing with. And they're all probably trying to check out at the same time. So like <laughs> breakfast is such a different animal than dinner service. Yes. It is just like such a different thing. Cause you know, most, most places at night you might have four tables and if you're really strong, I mean like unbelievably strong, I'll give you five, six. If you've been there for 10 years and you know exactly what you're doing forwards right. and backwards, but like, you're like, Oh yeah, I always have a seven table section. I'm doing this, that and the other. I've always got at least three tables at a time. I'm like, it's like just the the well, amount like, of sweat there. I'm like, do you just have like a camelback full of Gatorade? Like, you know, I'm good. I'm going. You know. No, well, I I probably drink more water at this restaurant than I have anywhere else because all the other places I've worked had root beer, which is the only soda I drink. This place doesn't have root beer, so I drink water all the time. But like, on on Saturdays and Sundays, you have a four table max section, three tables minimum, because mm -hmm. we. Like we go through a lot, we'll be up to an hour and a half wait by 9am. We're open to seven to 2.30. So, and we're usually on a wait until like two o'clock. Sure. So we're on a wait for a long time. So you have to get your tables in and out, but you also have to make that personal connection with them. Sure. So like, um, but during the week we have less people on. So basically we have one server per a thousand dollars because they want you to ring a thousand dollars in sales, basically. That's right. their goal. And so I can have a max of a seven table section if like, if necessary. And so I will have like three eight tops and sorry people don't always three parties of eight people and a party of two people over here and a party of four people and i've just gotten double sat like so it happens a lot where you, 24 like, <laughs> you're seating like 32 people it's a lot that like last wednesday that happened to that's me. like I banquet had, service level of like i had four booths that could seat up to six people and then 
two four-person tables and a two-person table. And I was talking to this one table, and I turned around, and all of my tables are full. So then I had to go and talk to all of my tables. No, what you so. had to do is go talk to the hostess about what the word double seating, triple seating, no, and quadruple seating means. No, everyone came in at once, and the manager sat everyone. Because like, they know that you can handle it. If they know you can handle it, they're going to seat you. That is... So. That is, and it's that really is, nice though because it makes you money. No, it does. I, it does. I'm sorry. Just I gotta be a restaurant manager here for a second. I just here's what I hear when I hear that. I, I'm also a chef, so I hear the kitchen <laughs> is in the weeds. They're gonna see, die. They're gonna get all fifty thousand orders all at once. They're gonna c- cry. And, but I know how to handle that. Oh, you sure. don't ring them all at no, once. You, don't. you go one by one. Like okay, I have gotten this table and this table's order. I filled up this coffee. I told them I'll be right back, and I go ring in those two orders, and then I get their syrup and butter, and I take it back to their table and then i go take two more orders okay then i would trust you (laughs) with a a large section like that but most servers in my experience don't understand that concept they're just so panicked to put the order in on a touchpad screen to begin with (sighs) this is the table okay you got the number where is the omelet burger that's the that that is one of the perks about working with a small staff is they can handle themselves and they know you know they can handle themselves, so you know you can seat them like that. That's what happens with a small staff. And I've only been there seven months, and they can trust me to do that because sure. I know how to ring in an order. I'm not like I've been the expediter when fifty thousand orders come in, and I'm like, we had two orders two seconds ago. Is like, how did? I don't know about for you, but expediting, for those who don't know what expediting is, expediting is where you're, there's the kitchen line. I'm drawing a line with my hands yes. for the podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then you have window. people on one side who are the cooks, and they're putting the food into what we call a window. And then the expo or expediter is the person arranging those orders to the tables that they go through and then assigning them to runners or to the actual yes. uh, host and hostess or to the actual servers. Um I don't know about you, but that's my zen. That is like my moment of zen and that clarity of mind where everything's moving at 50,000 miles. I feel like I'm finally actualized. Right. And I, I can, can see everything. That. Like, the only problems I really have had when I was in Expo was um, it was when I first started being an Expo. So I moved from server to Expo, and people don't think you know what you're doing because you were just a server. You don't know how to Expo. So they started taking things out of your window. So I literally had to yell at three different people, and then people were like, oh, okay, she knows what she's doing. That's a good like, way to get slapped It was literally kitchen. like, don't touch that. Don't take it out of the window. It's my food. Don't touch it unless I say so. And Bad it's server. on a tray, and I say, I need a runner. <laughs> don't touch it unless you ask me first. That is the truth right there. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to... The important stuff. So how do you get paid as a server? Are you, so uh, as you know, a lot of my audience is international. Um, I'm like Pitbull in that aspect. I'm international. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so in the United States, servers get paid tips, yes. right? And you work for tips and then yep. you get some small amount of wage depending on the get, state, uh, the municipality. It's usually half of the minimum wage. Okay. So, so like ra- around right now it's around $3 and 85 cents, but I never see that. I never get a check right. basically well, because it thing. goes straight to taxes. All of my salary, uh, like hourly mm-hmm. pay goes straight to taxes. So you're literally working for tips at I'm this point. I'm working for tips. What I clock out with at the end of the day is what I have made that day. Okay. So, so yeah. So if you were listening outside the United States, basically what that means is that is that we have a wage. It's Let's call it $4 an hour. But because of the way that income tax works, Brenna has exceeded the amount of income tax that she needs to claim for her tips because uh, she still gets she still gets uh, 
charge income tax on anything you report. And so anything that you're, if you're reporting a wage uh, that's higher than that, you get taxed at the higher rate. And so that's why you're not seeing anything. Right. And as like, I completely understand that other countries don't do it this way. I am not the kind of person to be like, what this person didn't tip me. It's like, yes, because they're from another culture and that's not how they do it. Sure. So I understand that. But one thing that you should do is if you're going to a different country, no matter if it's someone from the United States going somewhere else or someone coming to the United States, you need to re- research the culture and mm-hmm. research stuff like that. Because I know that it's it's very rude to over tip in other countries. I like you're not supposed to other over to tip. <laughs> How another, dare you, you give no, me you're extra not. money? They get offended. Like <laughs> they don't like it. Yeah. But in the United States, that's how it works. So if you come to the United States, you need to understand that that's how we make money. Like if you, you're if not you in, buy fifty dollars worth of food, right? <laughs> if you buy fifty dollars worth of food and either tip me like three dollars or maybe less or don't even tip me at all, what people don't understand is. I've basically had to pay for you to eat because I have to tip out the busser and I have to tip out my pantry person who's my runner who's helping me throughout the shift. I have to tip them out. I have to give them money based on my sales. And your $50 just cost me money because you didn't pay me, but I still have to pay them. Okay. So that's actually a good, that's actually an excellent point. So, um, so you, I guess your tip out percentage is not based on, it's based on gross sales. Right. So like, say I had, a thousand dollars in sales at the end of the day. I tip this purse, like I tip the busers 2% uh, of, of sales of sales. And then I tip the, uh, so that's 20 bucks to them. And then I tip the pantry person 1.5%. So that's $15 to them. Mm-hmm. So if someone, if three people don't tip me, I have had to pay these two people out of my own pocket because these people didn't tip me, but I still have to pay them. So it's interesting that you have to tip out these people. And then, cause like you said, it costs you money because the delivery drivers run into the same issue yes. of they pay for the maintenance, they pay for the car, they pay for the registration, and then the, the company doesn't reimburse them. But what's really interesting, and you know, I've been not working in a restaurant for about, you know, like as a restaurant manager for right. two or three years now, because there's just no reason to, right? Cause right. of what I do and, right. and all the other stuff I do. But What's really interesting is that um, it's a micro economy. Uh-huh. Once I stepped out for a second there and you were explaining it to me, I was like, holy crap. This restaurant is literally a micro economy mm-hmm. creating jobs and sub wages of these wages oh, that yeah. are dependent on a tiered hierarchy. And if you don't participate in the hierarchy, right. it doesn't work. Right. But if you participate in the system, like, like if you, you know, in the social value of tipping people as their wage, right. it works. So how many people do you, how often, uh, you know, I know that the area that we live in, in or live and work in, in in St. Louis has seen a large influx of immigrants these days um, from other cultures who don't understand what tipping is. Do you run into a higher percentage these days of people who don't know how to tip or do you think people um, have integrated well, or? The place where I work now are really good at tipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I make, I make a lot of money there and luckily I don't have to work anywhere else because I do make a lot of money there. And, um, but I have seen in the past, like a lot of people don't understand how to tip because your parents teach you how to tip. Sure. And then that's where you learn it from. So like, this is, 
This is the best way to think about it of how to tip. We're going to have a little how to right now, how to <laughs> tip your server. So take all of your best- money, give them, <laughs> give it to them. No, no. Um, if you look at the bill, say you have a $53 and 18 cents. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring out your calculator and do 53.18 times 20. No, take off the cents and take off the ones and take that 10 plus whatever. Like you can just cover up ones and the cents Sure. and multiply that by two. And that is 20%. And if your server does a good job, tip them 20%. If they've done worse, then you can tip them a little less. But 20% is like what we worked for. Sure. And if we get more, that's amazing. Like, oh, wow. That's okay. actually a really good but, technique. Like, that's the best way to do it is cover up the ones and the, the decimal and just multiply by two whatever is left. So like if you have a $100 bill, mm-hmm. multiply that by two. $20 is what you should tip. Because we work hard, especially like in the place, like I understand other places not so much. Sure. It doesn't. It also probably doesn't apply to delivery drivers because it's different. Mm-hmm. But that's how you should tip a server. And that's what I always do. They start at 20% and then go up and down based on how they do. Sure. Like, and I never really tip them. I've, I've never not tipped anyone. Um, but if it makes like, you feel any better. I haven't either. <laughs> most, I couldn't believe most I could never bring people, myself to do it. Yeah. Most restaurant. There was one time when I ordered a pizza, it was an hour late. The guy didn't say anything. I still tipped him because yeah. I can't not. But well, um, you're, with a delivery driver, you're not paying for serve. You're not paying for the, the customer experience. You're right. paying for the, I brought this to you right. out of the goodness of my heart. Right. Pay me. Right. Basically. <laughs> this is my but, like, UPS service. It's the same thing as if you get, if you get takeout from a restaurant, mm-hmm. don't not tip them because they just spent that entire time getting your food together, explaining to you what you have. Mm-hmm. Sure. You're not sitting down and eating. So you don't have to dip 20%. But maybe five percent. Like, sure. say, if you had a fifty dollar bill, give them five dollars. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like, but just don't not tip them because they just spent all this time getting the food ready and cooking it for you and get, preparing it for you, so you don't have to do it. And that's why you order takeout. Okay, so um, I think we've covered how you're paid and payouts and things like that. So, okay, let's discuss what I love to discuss, which is what would happen if your job didn't exist anymore? Not your specific job right. at your restaurant. But what if there were no more servers in the world? Um, and I have a second part question. Do you think that there are too many restaurants that would be better off not having servers um, that have servers and don't actually need them necessarily? Um, so the first question is, what would happen if there were no servers in the world? Everything would be fast food. Okay. You would not get like everything would be McDonald's or you would go up and order your food and go sit down and go pick up your food. Maybe they would bring it to you, but no one would like, you'd have to fill your own drink. Right. You'd have to get your own utensils, get your own everything else. No one would actually wait on you. You would have to do everything yourself. Do you feel And you like... wouldn't have to tip anyone. So there, so if there you, you don't go. want to tip anyone, that's your perfect world. But how do you feel about the restaurants that do that and then still ask you to tip them? I was at a place like that recently really? where they literally took the order on a terminal and said, okay, fill out this tip form. I didn't say that. They said it much more tactfully. Right. I was looking, I'm like, you're literally handing me a bagel. Like, right. Yeah. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't tip because you're probably getting a minimum wage at the very least. And that is, that is how you get paid. And if I'm tipping you, maybe you did went above and beyond for me. Yeah. I'll tip you. I'll put that in the little tip jar. Sure. But 
if you're not serving me and all you have done is prepared my food, but you are being paid minimum wage to prepare my food, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tip you. I kind of feel the same way. I feel like we have like a tip epidemic right. in the United States. It was almost like right. It was almost like something happened right before the recession where money was flowing and then everyone had money. So like, let's put tip signs so we can just milk everything out of everybody. And then the recession happened and everyone was broke. So then everyone just left the signs out. <laughs> like, right. Everyone's like, hey, wait, you know, we can get some tips on this, right. you know? Um, like, and a lot of people who work in restaurants don't understand like... Tips are how servers make their money. Right. So, like, if they see that, and they're like, I'm not going to tip there. And then they go to a restaurant, and they're like, well, I'm not going to tip here either. Like, sure. So, it's just, it depends on the place. Like, if I go to McDonald's and there's a tip for I'm not pay. I'm not going to tip them. Because they're getting paid minimum wage, but... They're getting service, paid more than minimum wage at McDonald's. Right, well, whatever whatever they're getting, their base pay. They're getting, like, 10, $10 bucks an hour I'm still only now. making $3, sure. $4 an hour. Right. And then I have to work on making my tips to get up to the same level as that. Right. So do you, I can't believe I'm going to ask you this. Let's get, let's get some investigative journalism here. I feel like we've cracked open this nut. Do you feel like the tip system is a good system or do you think it's, it would be better to have, to get rid of tips as a society and just go to a flat wage, like 15 bucks an hour? Well, I feel like that would work in some places, but I also feel like it wouldn't work in some places because then people wouldn't feel like they have to work for their tips. Like, Mm -hmm. I've seen servers where if they get an automatic gratuity on a big party, they're not going to work as hard as with someone who where they actually have to earn their tip. Like, say I have a party of eight and it's automatic 18 percent or not like I wouldn't. Sure, 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 sure. Like. No, you would never cut no, corners. I, no, I don't. I treat everyone the same. <laughs> Literally, even if I know for a fact you're not going to tip me because I've served you before, I'm still going to treat you the same. I'm not going to treat you any differently than I treat these other people. Because, like, that's just what I believe in. Oh, see, <laughs> when I used to do delivery driving, we had a policy. And it's called the, he who tips the best gets pizza first. I mean, I understand that. Like, I will take care of my other tables first, but I Justice. still, I will still come back and take care of you. Like, I'm not going to go to you first all the time. I'm going to go to this other table where they actually will, might tip me. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back to you, but I'm still going to give you good service. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like treat you terribly because you're not going to tip. So me. you like the tip system. You think for you, I it works for me. It works. If you had to give props to one person inside your restaurant, like give them the shout out of their life on the people behind your food, who would you give a shout out to? Probably the owner then. The owner? Because he now owns two separate locations. Mm -hmm. Um, We are open Tuesday through Sunday and closed on Mondays, but he works literally every day of the week. He is either at my location or at the other location every single day. Working and actually, like actually working, like he will expedite, he will seat tables, he will run food, he will clean things. Like he actually is completely invested in this restaurant, and the restaurant that I work on would not be what it is without that. I think we're very close to wrapping up the interview. You've been fantastic, by the way. So, um, are you going to stay in the restaurant industry? Are you going to? Is it your passion? Is it your love, like me, or is I mean, it? Or are you going to move on? What are you thinking? Yes, I love the restaurant industry, and I love the people part of the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Even if there are a bunch of complaint, like there's, you can always complain about something. And then, yes, there are tons of bad guest stories that I can explain, and bad customers, and but like, but I love the restaurant industry. But I feel like I've settled into it, mm-hmm. so I will not be remaining in the restaurant industry. I actually 
just got accepted two weeks ago into my master's program in accounting, which I will be taking online. It's a 10-month program. So by March of 2020, I will have, hopefully have my CPA. Okay. So I will be going into accounting instead. So I get to call you to help me with my taxes. Yeah. Got yeah. It. And so I get to me just doing it by a myself. Ridiculous amount of money because I have my CPA. Do I need to tip you though? That's the no, question. No, you don't have to tip me. <laughs> um, but I will be working on commissions. So okay, I mean. so so that's where you're going. That's what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Are you going? You got any? Uh, so you're going to be a CPA, moving out of the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you really had something, you know, would you say it was special for you, your time in the restaurant yeah, industry? Yeah, I really loved it, and it's really made me who I am. It's really, like, my personality is really good for the restaurant industry mm-hmm. because I'm a very outgoing person. I'm happy to talk to strangers, like, and I love serving people. So, like, seeing people smile when I bring them their food, like, that's great. That makes me happy. That makes That's why I wanted to go back to being a server. Mm-hmm. But... I have always, like, I was raised to be, like, to be someone who challenges myself constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not one to settle for what I got. Like, that's why I was given high awards for softball, because I worked very hard to keep bettering myself and keep getting better and better and keep pushing myself to be the best player I could be or get the best grades I could be. I'm always one to push myself and go better and better, but since I've already had this experience as a manager, I don't think that's what I'm meant to do. And being a server, I feel like I've settled, so I'm going to try and move on to something else that I enjoy and see if I, like, and push myself that way. Well, and I think that wraps up all of my questions. All right. So, Bryn, you are findable, found, findable? I don't know. Let's make up words here. Eh, who cares? It's just English. We make up words all the time. <laughs> uh, true. So you can be found all over the internet, yep. and we follow at Storybook at Tales. Storybook underscore Tales. Storybook T-A-L-E-S. underscore. T-A-L-E-S. All right. At Storybook underscore Tales, not T-A-I-L-S, yes. like the dog. T-A-L-E-S. T-A-L-E-S. Okay. And thank you so much for coming on of course. the show. It was super awesome, <laughs> and I can't believe we ran out of time and then had to stitch a whole <laughs> new episode together, which is fantastic. So uh, thank you guys for joining us on The People Behind Your Food. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan. If you're watching this live on Instagram, don't forget to check out my website, chefryancallahan.com. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Radio Public, iTunes, or Google Play, uh, I'd like to invite you to come check out my Instagram where I do lots of live cooking demonstrations. I take your questions, and then we do live uh, these live videos every Tuesday. So thank you guys for joining. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time.